Hi, this is Randy Randall of No Age and host of the podcast Hyphen It with Randy Randall. I want to welcome our newest sponsor of the show, DistroKid. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms and artists keep 100% of their royalties. Hyphenate listeners get 30% off at distrokid.com backslash VIP backslash hyphenate. Again, that's distrokid.com backslash VIP backslash H-Y-P-H-E-N-A-T-E. Go get your music streaming everywhere now. Hello, Aaron Farley. How are you doing? Thanks so much for jumping on. I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Today we are talking about the mega band Wa Together. What did you think of the episode? Um, I thought it was amazing. I I had never heard of the band. As of all, I feel like that's the um, common thread in all of these. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know anything about the person yeah. at all. So th- these are all new to me, which is great. Um, but it was cool because even though, like when I had done the the artwork and you sent me the photos and stuff, I never really looked up the actual members to see who they were. And then, um, so it was cool to listen to it and then hear that, you know, uh, Vito was in The Rapture and Steve is in Longwave and Phil was in LCD and a thousand other like years and years of other things. Yeah. And then Jaiko is just like, seems like the most interesting person in the world <laughs> <laughs> exactly right he's, yeah he's been everywhere like a like a zigfeld or a, you know somebody's been everywhere i know they're as a hyphenate i feel like their band is sort of the hyphenate or if, if you've been in a lot of bands then you sort of become ex members of this hyphenate this hyphenate that you know that you can you, your introduction like oh yeah this is my friend he's been in this band this band this band this band you know it's a form of hyphenation yeah no definitely and and um i feel like i love hearing stories of musicians and artists um growing and getting older and still finding ways to kind of do these weird difficult creative or live these weird difficult creative lives and somehow kind of keep making money and pushing forward um, I think that's the cool thing about their stories because they were all in these bands from um, pretty young age. It seemed like everybody was pretty young when they first, you know, um, who was it? Was it Steve or Vito that was touring when they were a, like a senior in high school and they were getting record label? That was Steve. Uh, yeah. It was yeah. nuts. Yeah. And, and so, um, so starting that early and then, kind of uh you know getting in with with um the whole strokes camp and going on (laughs) tour and that era of like when everything was blowing up in new york and um and all the music was becoming huge uh to then hear his story of you know starting a little studio and them all kind of going oh what's my next chapter or i don't even know if necessarily thinking what's my next chapter but just going i don't really want to you know tour is a tough way to make money and 
maybe I should start a little studio. And then they all have studios. <laughs> <laughs> I love Which the idea amazing. the band where everybody has their own little studio where they can all record their parts in a professional thing and just trade tracks around. Yeah, the record's really good too. They're, it's like a really fun band. It's it's something, you know, you kind of look at ex-members of all these bands on paper like, okay, well, what is it going to be? And if um, I'm hearing the record, I, I got a chance to see them live when I was in New York last. And um, yeah, it's a fun party band. It sounds like all those, the kind of the funnest elements of all those other bands and really kind of fits together organically. Yeah, definitely. And I think that um, that's the exact thing that I was going to say about the record when I listened to it, is it just sounds like a fun band to be in. <laughs> it yeah. sounds like they're they're all like they all have their other thing going on. And so this is their way to, I mean, I think they even talked about it that like, well, we miss playing in bands cause we're, you know, a couple of the guys are uh, recording commercial, like doing a lot of commercial music or soundtrack stuff or um, stuff that might not be to their uh, artistic inclination. <laughs> Uh, are they artistic? Yeah. yeah, their artistic inclinations is not the first thing on the list, and um, and so it does open up. And I think that that's an interesting thing. Like even with with art, uh, you know, people that have enough money to survive doing one thing, and then can actually do uh, their craft or their art in a way that there aren't really any rules because they don't have to figure out like, well, how are we going to make money from this? Like I need to make this a little bit more heavy or I need to make it because that's what's going right now or that's what the promoters want or whatever, <laughs> you know, and, and you get to kind of just have a band that everybody has enough of a history of music that your band is instantly kind of trusted to just be a good band. Like, of course, these guys aren't going to put out a shitty band or <laughs> shitty songs. You know, they, there's too much, there's too much history there to like, but for anybody to let, let anything come through that isn't just like, doesn't just sound good. Or it's like, I'm sure you go to the show and you're like, yeah, it's going to be a great show. Of course it is. Look who's in the band. <laughs> Yeah, you know. the, the pedigree sort of speaks for itself. I know it's a funny one. You think about these like super groups, like I know it's it's you know I, I feel like it was it was happening in like the seventies and eighties. I'm trying to think of yeah. who the other you know the traveling Wilburys. I guess is you know sort of one of the more high profile yeah. sort of things. But I don't even know if that's a super group as much as you know bunch of kind of individual sort of songwriters all working on one big project. What's the other one like Power yeah. Power Station? It was like Duran Duran and uh, Robert. Um, it was like a Simply Irresistible. What's that? What was that guy's name? Oh my god! Yeah. Uh, oh my god! Robert Palmer. Robert Palmer. There we go. Yeah. The thing is, like Robert Palmer and was Durand that Power Durand. Station? Really? Yeah. That's what Power Station was. Some I had like no idea. it hot, but some sweat when the heat is on. Oh my god! Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Oh my god! That's amazing. So there's, there's lots of examples, I guess. You know, I'm trying to think. I'm sure there's a million more I can't I can't think of. If you at home well, are yelling at your, your phone, <laughs> please e oh email us at hyphenate halftime at gmail.com yep. and tell us, you know, a list of super groups. I can't believe they don't know. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Well, I was just, yeah. I was trying to listen. So I've been listening to this. I mean, speaking of podcasts, this other, it's like the history of rock music podcast in yeah. 500 songs. It's this oh my like God. this, this um, rock or music writer who is 
doing this and he's on like song number 143 or whatever. But it actually made me think a lot when I was listening to this episode, because so much of it is about like the producer of this person knew the writer of this song and they talked to the manager of Mick Jagger's manager. And he ended up giving the song to this person instead and then they change the bass you know and it it's like super but you realize like after listening to so many of them that so many of these businesses i guess music the music business part it's so um dependent on like you just see the output of the band at the end of the line of like oh they must have just made these songs in a place and but then once you get into it, and I think it was like Phil, once once he kind of went through his quick story, which I feel like you could probably do 10 podcasts <laughs> just with him. I think he's got a book in him. He definitely, I think of, of oh all, I God. love I love all of them. I mean, they're all very interesting people, but I feel like maybe it's just my Anglophile sort of nature. You start to hear his voice like, well, stop it off. Over here. You're like, oh yeah. no, wait a second. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then I ended up in Glasgow and, and <laughs> working on and, a Steven uh, Spielberg movie soundtrack. Oh my God. Yeah. And just because we said like, no, like we wouldn't we wouldn't give our we wouldn't give a song to the movie we wouldn't license a song to the movie but we'll do the whole soundtrack or we'll do the not the soundtrack but um the score what's it called the the score yeah and um and uh yeah i thought the like the kind of i love a good story that's told in kind of a flippant nature when the person knows that the things like you're gonna go like wait 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 (laughs) what What did you say (laughs) who (laughs) then you did what how did you end up there? Oh, I don't know. You know, I was just on a bus and I, uh, I, I was talking to a guy and then I was doing a plant promise scream record, you know, or whatever, you know, however it just sounded so like, well, you know, I was just yeah. there. So I decided, I feel like um, he's, he's told some of these stories quite a few times. Oh, before we get too oh, far, yeah. I've, I looked up super groups. Okay. Are you ready? Oh, okay. Good. All right. Here's good, some, good. here's some good ones. Um, traveling Wilbur is already mentioned, uh, yeah. audio slave. Chris Cornell. Oh yeah, of course. You know, I mean, that's that's kind of yeah. the thing. You know, we swap out singers. Um, yeah. We got Phantomus, which is like the Dale Dale and Buzz join uh, Mr. Bungle, right? And right. Um, who else? And then we have uh, Velvet Revolver again, another kind of like um, singer swap. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Temple of the Dog, which I don't know necessarily if it was meant to be a supergroup or if those people were all just in this band um, before they were famous. Yeah, it, that was like a super group before the other groups were even big. The pre super, the back. prequel, yeah. the prequel super prequel. group. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just knew. They yeah. knew it was going to happen. And then, and then some that I don't really know. It's like you know what is uh, the, the Highwaymen? I guess this was like Willie Waylon, Chris Christopherson, oh, right. Johnny Cash. That's sort of like the traveling will, the country traveling willories. Yeah. Um, uh, Cream, Blind Faith. I feel like if anything, Eric Clapton was in, it just becomes a super group. You just put Eric Clapton, becomes a super group. Um, Chicken Foot. Cre- Do you know what? Chicken Foot? Chicken Foot. <laughs> no. Chicken Foot is Chad Smith of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Steve Vai okay. on guitar, and um, uh, Mark Anthony from uh, Van Halen with uh, Sammy Hagar from Sammy Hagar and Van Halen. Wow. That's so one of the weirder kind of more modern a lot of hits a lot of hits from that band right yeah again oh yeah <laughs> the no, weird thing no, is no, sorry no. I, I feel like the chick like the um the old super groups like when you see here traveling wilburys you're like yeah of course 
And then when you hear the new ones, they don't seem, they're like, yeah, but those guys just were like, their other bands were breaking up and they needed something. And they just decided to like, this is the, they needed a a new, uh, some, some cash flow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, there's a whole Wikipedia thing on it too, which is like, you know, 10 CC, you know, Neil Sadaka, I always saw those 10 CC records. I think they're the album cover artwork was always really good. I never knew who was I in it. I don't remember that. Okay. Let's see. Well, I'm just were, thinking now. Journey? I wonder if yeah. Do it. Journey was a super group. Well, what kinda, were the other what were the put, members? Well, in? they're putting uh, Greg Rowley and Neil Schoen were in Santana. And again, it's like how far down, you know, oh, what, really? what, can, what can constitutes a super group. Then George Tickner was in the Fruminous Bandersnatch, which everybody knows. <laughs> Ross Valerie Huge. is in Steve Miller Band, and uh, Prairie Prince was in the Tubes. So oh, eh, I didn't know that kind of, it's kind of like X members of, but it's like, but yeah. if your new band is more famous than your old band, I feel like then Guys like that, that got like, kicked out of, right. Yeah. <laughs> I think what else we go. So I could, I could do this. Let's see. Who's else? Some good ones. Um, oh, wait, wait, Asia. You got some King Crimson. Yes. Emerson, Lake and Palmer. Wow. There was okay. someone there. Yeah. I never really locked into that. Okay. We're going I don't through, know though. Is it a age. super group? If you yeah. didn't know that the other guys were in the other bands. Right. Well, but even they're putting <laughs> something like Nick cave and the bad seeds, you know, you have Nick cave from the birthday party, Mick Harvey yeah. also from the birthday party and crime in the city yeah. solution. Blixa bar, uh, Bargeld from, uh, Neubotten and straight noy button barry adamson okay. is a magazine hugo race the recreate i don't know that thomas widler die hot didn't know that okay so this is fun oh yeah the power station tony thompson was in chic and then josh and andy taylor from duran duran with robert palmer singing okay. i'll count that one let's see who else is good mike and the mechanics mm-hmm. did that i don't know what, wow. what was there so let's see yeah but what were the other what was the other <laughs> band from mike and the mechanics i feel like if the super group is the only group you know and then you're like oh and then there's a couple other guys I feel like right. super group should be like you Everybody's put like a come, lead come a in. lead guitarist, a lead singer, yes. and like to John Bonham. Everyone's kind of got to be holding <laughs> holding their place, sort of time, yeah. right? Um, what else have we got here? But I, oh, yeah, I was, the, the, the three tenors, yeah, Placido Domingo, Jose Carlos, Luciano. <laughs> That's what the law together can be called yeah. the three tenors of, uh, <laughs> the three of tenors. New York dance rock. Right. Um, well, and yeah. back to the Audio Slave thing. Do you think Audio Slave was actually bigger than Soundgarden and Rage Against the Machine? I bet that they sold more records. What well, really? Audio Slave? I bet. Wow. We could look it know. up on Spotify. Yeah, we'd have to look at that one up. Yeah, but I mean, they're, they're even putting like Foo Fighters as under um, Supergroup because you have Dave no, Grohl from that's... Nirvana, Pat Smear from The Germs, you know, Nate Mendel, Sunny Real Estate, um, Taylor Hawkins, you know, Lonis Morissette. Uh, yeah, but again, yeah. Taylor Hawkins was like yeah. a higher drummer for Alanis Morissette. Right. Like he wasn't known. Yeah. He wasn't known before Foo Fighters. Right. I would say Pat Smear, definitely. But then Pat Smear at that point was more known as the second guitar player from Nirvana by most people. Right. Yep. I would say Foo Fighters is just Dave Grohl's. <laughs> you just called Dave Grohl with some, <laughs> some well pedigreed other. People. I mean, sunny day, of course. Sure. Of course. But again, yeah. against Nirvana or against, you know what I mean? Against like, Oh yeah. Just yeah. Uh, the guy from sunny real estate is playing in a band with the guy from Nirvana. 
Yeah, he's that's like that that's like a super group for Northwest nerds. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, and it's the germs and sunny day, and the majority of people would be like, "What? I don't know." Right, or same thing with Zwan, right? You know this this Billy Corrigan, oh yeah, you know, Billy kind Corrigan of fake band. Who who else was so, in that band? So you have Paz from Perfect Circle, and uh, oh, Entrance, right. and, okay. and then Matt Sweeney from Chavez, uh, and and the Matt Sweeney shitness, yeah. and then, uh, Dave Pajo was in it. And then oh, Jim, Jimmy Chamberlain from Slint. Yeah, Dave Paul from Slint. And it just sounds like it was, I think it was just a Billy, okay. a Billy Corrigan solo band, but he didn't want yeah. to be a band. He was, hire, he was trying to hire a bunch of uh, heavy um, session people. Okay. I didn't know Paz was in Perfect Circle. Yeah, she's in the Pixies now. She's like an yeah, epic session person. Yeah. She's, I, I saw um, Entrance Band play, I mean, I saw them a couple times, but I saw <laughs> them play at the, um, Eagle Rock Community Center. Oh yeah, and um, like her, the bass playing, like her bass playing was insane. Yeah, she's, I, I loved it, and I have photos of her playing, and she's in like high heels, and she's like kicking the ant. You know, she's <laughs> like, like who is this? She's amazing. And then I just saw recently that she's in the Pixies now. Yeah, she, we we played at ATP in in, in uh, England, these All Tomorrow's Parties festivals. An entrance band played, and I think I don't I think it was before they played because she like climbed on top of like this tent structure and then couldn't get down. She got like, stuck up there or something. I think they had taken <laughs> oh a bunch God. of acid or something, and wow. um, and she had climbed on top of this thing, and so they had to like get the fire department out there with like the giant cranes, you know, and and thing to like get her like a cherry picker some huge thing oh to like get her off the top of this thing because there was no way for her to like if she thinks she started climbing she would fall or if she started to try to climb down yeah. herself she would just fall so it was uh they had to get her down and then i think they kicked him out but i don't know if they had played yet but it was kind of it was kind of gnarly since yeah. she didn't like full Eddie Vedder it and just oh no I don't even crowd. think there was people around I think it was, she was like outside oh, it of wasn't the, like above the, the stage out, no she like climbed outside of the venue and I think they weren't oh, even no. playing or something they were on stage if I can remember correctly oh. um well oh, that yeah. Grim Reaper blues song is great yeah. oh yeah they're amazing <laughs> uh then yeah. off another you know kind of oh you know, punk that's a good one sort of super group yeah. Keith Morris Circle Jerk Black Flag Dimitri Coates Burning Brides yeah and then Steve and, then, and Mario but yeah. uh yeah anyway okay. that's a that's actually that's a legit that's a very legitimate super group, proper super group. i think no, it's, it's a well-balanced sure. sort of super group idea like when you see the names of the people you're like oh my god because like everybody knew burning brides because of dimitri everybody knew circle jerks because of keith oh i see what you're saying right right that's everybody like the knew like they were like the main band. they were right. like the main person from the band mm-hmm. it's a little bit yeah. like fantasy football i suppose too right i mean i don't i don't really play <laughs> totally. but if it's like you, if you could go through you know like your record collection and pick the drummer from this record with the singer of that record this you know and kind of do that i wonder if the ai eventually will get that'll be the next spotify playlist thing you can do is just create your own band from your playlist like oh my god <laughs> your super group would sound like this Yes. <laughs> like, oh, good, I bet that's morning. been done. Well, did you hear that? I I just saw a headline and I didn't read the whole thing as of, as of most people with the news these days. I think that um, the one of the AI songs that was like became hugely popular on YouTube from I think it was the Drake 
or Drake and the Weekend. Someone made an AI what? song that was oh, like as Drake and the Weekend, and it became kind of a big popular song. And they they um, submitted it for the Grammys, which I don't know even what that process is. Like, if anybody can just submit a song to the Grammys, I don't know. I don't know how that works, but um, I thought that. Uh, that might have been one of the best um, well, news I think, headlines I've seen in a while. Yeah, I mean, I think it's laughable. You know, like the, um, like the, you know, the, the strike. You know, the writer strike going on. Like, there, I wish there could be like a, you know, musician strike or something. You know, I mean, where it can be kind of like, oh yeah, you can't. Can we, can we hold that? Because that's one of the things they're holding out for on the writers and actors side of things is you know restrictions or at least some kind of compensation around AI sort of likenesses right. and AI work as someone getting credit for it and not just taking all of, you know, recorded uh, media and using it as like a, as a bin to, to just to steal from like, Oh yeah, it's all been done. So now we're just going to, it's all a bunch of trash. We're just going to pull bits and pieces from different pieces of trash and then create new yeah. culture. But, but it always, it, it also just seems like when people do it, at least somebody gets paid for that. When you, when you just rip off like, cool, I'm going to take part of a Beatles song and part of this and part of that. And I'm going to call it an original creation, you know? Yeah. But if, but once a computer does it, then it's like, Oh, now we don't have to call Now we don't even have to pay anybody. <laughs> just yeah. Computers make music for, you know, out of anything. Yeah, totally. Well, and they said, um, I know that there was a lawsuit recently that said that AI artwork is not copyrightable. So that that would actually help in some sense of um, that, like a brand couldn't even use some AI because then. Oh, because they would never they, own it. They couldn't. It. Right. They would never own it. So someone else could just come and use the same imagery. Well, they, that seems um, fair, fair play. Yeah. If you if you totally. make if you make I stuff out so. of nothing, you can't say, "Oh, then, but now that's mine." And it's like, well, no, yeah. that's that belonged. You made it out of a group sort of you know community sort of pool of creative talent, and it belongs to the group pool. You can't you can't don't be the only one taking money from that. Yeah. What a nightmare. And I mean, I think I think my my um, thoughts. My basic thoughts on that is like if you were paying artists and musicians and actors enough money that they were living and comfortable, then none of this would even be an issue because no one would care. Right, right. You know, because it's like the only reason is that everybody's looking in the future and going like, well, I've put my whole life into this being a creative person and and um, doing this job. And then you're telling me that like a computer company is it, or a software company is going to come and take my $3, <laughs> come take it at $3 a pop. And, but it's not like it's going to some executive somewhere. It's not like going to another artist or like everybody's fine with competition between artists. Everybody's not fine when like the suit at the top is getting all the money because he made a better computer program that can write something you know it's yeah. like taking from the taking from the ether and building something and they're like oh yeah it's funny yeah. yeah i think i just i keep thinking of you know we're at this point now where like you know the the, the children of the 90s who were looking you know like oh cool i could always just work at a coffee shop or a cool record store or a bookstore you know all these the the myriad of brick and mortar you know cool creative weird hangouts and hideouts that existed through our our 
you know, fundamental culture. It's, it's, you know, like that's, there was always, there was seemed like there was always some type of job in that service industry of things, you know, yeah. where you kind of trip an hour. You could be a, you know, a radio DJ or, you know, you could, yeah. you could split spin records on a cool format of something. And it's like all of those things I think have just been like dismantled. And so this, we're kind of having our own sort of whatever late um, Gen X, early millennial sort of like midlife crisis of like, you know, like, like the nineties, you know, when all the, the parents like, wait, I have to learn, you know, Excel or spreadsheets now, you know, all those movies, yeah. you know, of like the dismantling of whatever happened from your youth or what employment prospects you thought you would have coming into your forties. I think we're yeah. all, we're all kind of entering that sort of phase in our own <laughs> life. Like there, there was a great tweet that uh, Andreas Trough, uh, re, you know, reposted and it was like, like I don't want to have to learn how to be a, 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 a social media influencer marketing specialist. I was supposed to be a uh, I was supposed to be like the grouchy guy at the record store recommending cool cool experimental music, or I was supposed to be the the right. DJ who played who played too much new wave and got involved in a in some kind of mystery after hours. You know, it was like, right. it was like these would be great movies. I'd love to see both of those movies. But now, yeah. But now here we're all here trying to pretend to know what TikTok is and. <laughs> all these things that are made for young people yeah 100 yeah. percent. well and i and i think that that it really it really was like um it it was a thing that like okay nobody wants to be the manager but if you're the manager of a place you're going to make enough money to have an apartment be able to go out to dinner have a little bit of his savings, whatever. Like that right. was like a job. It was like, that was the shitty job. Yeah. It was like, well, I'm going to have to manage people, but you could manage a store and you could make a little chunk of money. And then now it's like, you can't even do anything. <laughs> Any <laughs> of those store? jobs. What are store like, are you going to manage? What, yeah, right. It's, right. it's warehouse fulfillment centers. You can manage the fleet of, uh, of, of trucks that go out to deliver things. <laughs> yeah, Are totally. you, what do you know about yeah. logistics, transportation, you know, coordination <laughs> and refilling right. and, and yeah. And managing a group of mechanics to keep these things on there so you can have minimum wage people drive packages around all day long. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it, and it becomes, and, and these, these situations of like um, becoming more efficient, like everything is like more efficient and like, well, mm. more efficient for who? Right. It seems like not not more efficient for the people who are working. You make it you make it more efficient. That's what I never really understood too. Of like, you know, most people don't want very much. They want to feel somewhat secure, and they want to know that they make enough money that their rent is not going to go super high, or their, you know, whatever. Like everything is not going to go through the roof, and they're going to be screwed. But like, if you get everybody on this kind of like normal path, somewhere near the bottom to the middle, mm-hmm. most people would just be like, you know what? I'm fine. Just don't bother me. Right. Right. Just enough. You know? to, yeah. <laughs> Not looking for a lot. I was talking to, to my friend last night um, and she, she manages like a, like a media sort of mastering service or, you know, for like, you know, the quality control and, and, you know, basic, you know, uh, film and television, you know, sort of processes. And, uh, and she was saying that it used to be, you know, that she got into it from music into this looking for, you know, dependable work, a place, you know, where you could kind of make a career. And, um, 
and she was saying that it used to be really attractive to musicians because you could then you could there'd be up there'd be times we were really busy and times when things got slow like there were seasons and releases of media you know there would be pilot season or there'd be a new season of tv so you'd ramp up do all this work get all the stuff all the color correction done all of the, the assets delivered and managed all of the distribution houses and everything you would do and then it would be slow and yeah. then you'd and then you'd go to the next one and then the, the next slowness and then you could use that time wisely if you're so inclined you could have a second career again you know kind of talking about like a hyphenate sort of lifestyle like there were certain industries like some similar to like a teacher right where you would teach all year long and then you'd have your summer break off there were just some yeah. industries that would do that but then she's and then with streaming and all this other you know the way things were going then it just became 20 you know 360 365 days a year there was no seasons really and that but then it occurred to me i was thinking i was like oh well no now the seasons are you know those down those low times are just um catastrophes you know you have your economic <laughs> right. so you know yeah. your economic collapse then you have a a, a, a pandemic a, a biological pandemic that goes on and then now there's a, a labor action strike you know so within every you know two years you'll have you know six to eight months of of downtime that's where you can schedule your vacations around uh, whatever global crisis <laughs> is the next sort of time to then where the where the markets are going to reshift and resettle, you know, and, and and you can reconsider changing careers or do something <laughs> completely different. It just feels like there's a new a new instead of having a cyclical. Like I think speaking to what you're saying, we're like we don't need a lot, you know. I mean, you kind of have enough and you get through, and there's time for vacations and there's time for this, and you can do this, and yeah. you can kind of create a regularity with that. You know, it's almost like yeah. we work here, they take breaks here, and we don't we're like. But if you worked all all week long, if you didn't have those two days off every week, you could get so much more done. You could be, yeah. make so much more money. And, and guess like, what? Someone else is going to be taking that money from you if you're not there. Right. Right. So, but this idea that it's like, well, yeah, but if I, but then if I work all the time, I'm going to die early and be miserable and lose my fucking mind and have an ulcer. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, and I do, I do think like the, the, the movie industry has been good from, and I think it was because I don't know the history of it, but early on, there was a lot of mob control. Mm. And so they created the unions early on to make sure that, that the the work stayed around. I feel like that's true, but I could be completely I have making no that idea. up. No idea. Yeah. <clears throat> but they've had unions all, forever. All mob historians, please address all comments and concerns to Mr. Aaron Farley. Yes, please. At, uh... And if I'm, I am not talking bad about the mob, <laughs> I'm not saying anything negative. And for all any... and for all victims of mob violence, please address all questions and concerns yes. to Mr. Aaron Farley. <laughs> right. Yes, yes. Uh, these are things that uh, I know nothing about. Yeah, right. But you've heard. But, um, Word on the street was. Yes, I've heard. Yeah, yeah. But that there's, I mean, that, that you know, even working in the, the industry here and there as a photographer, that there's a lot of like, there's union jobs, there's non-union jobs, there's times you have to, you know, you're not in the union, but you have to be in the union for a day and you have to take union rates and, and all of these things. And it, it's very controlled and it can be a lot of like kind of bullshit bureaucracy at times and people have to say no to jobs and, and it's tough for producers because there's all these the rules are crazy, but the industry is, or was, I guess, um, stable for the most part. There's a very, there's a stability. Like if you were a cameraman and you were in the, um, uh, you know, um, the union, you knew you were going to have work. You could work locally. You might work on the same TV show for 15 years. Um, 
but you knew what your rates were. You knew how much you were going to get a raise every the, the length of time. And there's a stability there that creates a whole industry and you don't get people trying to cut, come in as much like, you know, trying to, you don't kind of get the scammers and the hustlers trying to, you know, that stuff all happens on the other side of things, but on the work <laughs> side, like once the, once the movie is being made and the, it's very blue collar, you know, like that's why so many times when I hear people like talk shit on Hollywood, like, Oh, Hollywood elites. And you're like, Oh my God. And Hollywood is like construction. It's like a construction <laughs> set. If you've ever been on set, it's literally like being on a construction set. It's like yeah. everybody's blue collar. Everybody's driving trucks. Everybody's like, they've got their wage. They know what they're making. They're making horrible jokes. They're eating bad food and they're, they're doing work. It's like very hard work, you know? Yeah. And I think that that's the thing. Like people have tried to unionize photographers and I'm like, it's never gonna, it's never going to happen because it's like musicians. I know there's a musician's union for certain things, but like for the most part, it's like you're kind of on your own out there. And if you're not hustling, there's no work because there's always going to be, it's a, it's kind of a singular thing, but for these big industries, like just going through the, the seeing the kind of Hollywood unions and the commercial unions and stuff, it's like once people get in those unions, if you want to work, there's work. Unless there's a strike, obviously, then it becomes rough. That's the whole idea. But hopefully those, yeah. yeah but hopefully that is is um, you know working for you. I don't know how we got on that. Subject, I don't know, but, but it's good. <laughs> well, no, I like to. Well, I think you know, you, 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 yeah, you look at you know the life of a, of a band, and here you know with with our last week's episode, Watts together, it's everybody kind yeah. of like okay, here's you know, here was the big shot to to you know, make an impact and kind of, you know, perform in these bands and tour the world and everything. And then, and then what happens? You know, I think there's, yeah. it's that sort of unspoken of thing, you know, where, you, you know, I don't know. I think it's interesting, definitely, you know, talking to a lot of people and even, you know, similar with my own life, you know, it's like you can play in bands and do all this fun stuff, but then, you know, what, what is the next chapter? You know what I mean? If you didn't make enough to, to retire on at, you know, 28, then you know what what does life look like and i think it always used to be there was there was different places to go you know you can you could kind of find a, a niche somewhere in the industry for using your experience and i think yeah it's, again all all rules are sort of out the window and everyone's we're just all making it up as we go along you know, yeah which is which is yeah. it's fine it's fun you know what i mean I, I would i didn't i didn't choose this road because it was going to be the soft easier we always knew there was an easier yeah. road somewhere out there but i think as a creative person there's just something about that kind of like you know how do you how do you make it how do you make it make sense you know i think if it's not being creative it's really there's just, just a quality of life sort of thing you experience i think we've all had those day jobs you know like, okay i can put up with this so long and so for so you know going so hard at, at, at in, you know in your 20s but then to have a taste of something like oh this makes sense this is great and it's like oh, i don't know if i have a minimum wage job left in me if i could you know do hustle a few songs do something it's like i'm able to make as much yeah you know working one day a month as i would if i worked all month long with this weird sort of i don't know i don't know i feel very grateful yeah. for all those experiences but oh, it's tricky definitely. it's tricky to know how it all makes sense and it and and i agree it's like the you know you're making the choice and like sometimes those choices just don't work out monetarily yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then but but that you know you're here for, you've got one life and you're like well how do i want to live it do i want to take those chances because i feel like in my head 
that's how I need, like, if I don't do something creative in a week, I find myself getting antsy and like super like feeling crazy. And I'm like, Oh, I haven't done anything this week. Like I haven't like, I need to get this out of my system. And I think that there is that, um, I think, you know, some people are just, that's, that's their, their output is that kind of creative, um, creative energy to make something or, or do something new or take a plunge into some unknown territory and explore. And, and, um, and again, I do think that I've always thought that of musicians that like the, the people who used to be the pirates or the people who <laughs> used to like, I'll go try to find water. Who needs yeah. water? Yeah. We're running out of water. Mm. I'm going to get some people together. We're going to go try to find water. Hopefully we'll be back. Yeah. And I feel like whatever that personality is that has been a human personality forever to like spread across the world and find things and make things and make friends and make connections and bring people in back into the tribe or the group or the society and shut other people out. Cause they're horrible, you know, whatever, like, <laughs> yeah. like that, that is like what the artists and musicians and creative people are now that they, because it's this like community building and it's this, like these stories, like you interview them for 45 minutes and literally they all have, so many stories like, oh, then we connected with this person and then the, we made this thing and then we made, then we connected with these people and we moved here. And, and it's like, that's such a human thing that I think sometimes as is, I don't know, not necessarily as a society, I don't want to be that dramatic, <laughs> but that people don't look at that necessarily as a, this, this um, thing that holds us together, you know? No, like I, as a group, like these yeah. creative weirdos are these people that are like, no, come on, guys, come on, come, come to my show. Yeah. Like, how do you get like 50 people in the same like dirty old room with no toilets and whatever <laughs> yeah. to listen to someone blow your eardrums out and everyone goes, I love it. <laughs> you know, it's right. like, it's not yeah. like a normal, it's not a normal thing, but somehow that that's what come to the so interesting come to, to the campfire hey everybody everybody gather around this campfire i'm going to tell you a story i'm going to sing a song i'm going to express something exactly and we're going to build this you know sort of connections like you're going to meet your wife here you're going to meet your best friend here and this is how we're going to do this thing and we're going to bring people together and, and express something for you yeah that's yeah. the role in the in the culture and the in the yeah well and what do we like we don't have like what do we remember about the past is is music stories art um, photography art. Film. yeah yeah and even Paintings. like farther and farther like what the only things that even last are things that people made and got lost or got buried or that we're digging up and it's like like we don't remember yeah. the accounting Right. <laughs> <laughs> Although that's important, it's very important to do your accounting, and we don't remember like the you know all of the other like the weird little things that people do that are just well, I'm just here and I'm just you know going to be safe and whatever. We remember the the 
whoever was the weirdo that went out and did some crazy <laughs> thing that actually worked you Pushed know everything forward yeah but that, that yeah. gets back to like that like office space quote like well like what's your dream and then just just do that it's like well they, yeah but then nobody would ever pick up the trash nobody would ever you yeah, know what i mean then we exactly. have, you know it's like yeah. you can't just do it you can, not everybody can't just live their dream you have to you know have exactly. a certain amount of responsibility and you know picking up after yourself and having yeah. you know those the just the people just just working it through but i think that i don't know but i do believe yeah it's, yeah it's that place for everybody and sort of just finding what what makes sense for you i don't know it's yeah. good but well, the, yeah, and having together. support yeah yeah and having support of of those creative people because that's where all these stories happen in these weird in-between spaces um mm-hmm. by a bunch of uh creative weirdos who think that they run the world <laughs> yep but i think yeah and definitely i think things have just changed where it used to be you know you'd make something you'd sell it you know like i made this record yeah. you could buy the record then i think there's yeah. you know the, just the idea and i think it, it's it, it came through the the music industry first this idea like oh there's the, the devaluation of creative um product and i then and then i think it came for the music or it came for music did it first and then the film and industry started doing it to itself through the streaming sort of thing and everybody it's like yeah but there's no money here but we're all just made this big thing it's like yeah but we can't you know one's gonna pay for yeah. it and it's like well that's bullshit because yeah. no people are paying for something it's like oh yeah but that's not yeah. for what you guys are doing that's for what well, they're paying for the stream and we make the yeah. stream in the offices well what did we all do over here like well you make the stuff that's in the stream like yeah i know we'll pay us for that like no, 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 no. But that's not what the people are paying for. The people aren't paying for the content. They're just paying for the stream. I'm like, but there's yeah. nothing, and there won't be anything in the stream. It's like, yeah. oh, okay. Eventually. Yeah, it's the same yeah. sort of idea of like, oh, no, we're just paying for Spotify. Well, what's on Spotify? Oh, all the music in the world. Cool. How do those people get paid? Oh, yeah, they don't. We're not going to yeah. pay those people, but we're just going to give people the, they're going to pay for the keys to get onto the, to the platform. Like, but there's, if there's yeah. nothing on the pa- platform, there's nothing for anybody to pay to, for anyone to pay for. Like, and everything goes to the platform, right. or you end up only getting paid because of advertising. I think that's the interesting. Like now, everything is kind of an advertising model. Oh, speaking of which, we should welcome our new advertiser, uh, DistroKid. Oh yeah. <laughs> if, if you yes, go, go to distrokid.com backslash VIP backslash hyphenate to get thirty percent off when you sign up, get your music online. Yeah. Perfect. all right yeah all right we should get going uh thank you so much <laughs> i'm glad i'm glad you dug uh watch together i feel like it's almost like a command or like a verb too the way they use it it's not just a name a noun i think everyone yeah I like th- we will walk together yes <laughs> super cool all right well yeah next week uh we'll have another good one and uh we'll be back yeah.